The Scream Kings are in no way responsible for any encounters with the paranormal, extraterrestrial abductions, eldritch insanity, hauntings, curses, hexes, demonic possessions, cryptozoological sightings, or any loss of sleep that may result from listening to this podcast. It was dusk, and I was with a friend of mine and his father. We were in a remote wooded area in northern Minnesota. He was showing us some property he had bought for hunting deer. There were no houses in the area. It was really remote. Dirt road getting into the property. Upon leaving, I saw a rather large, opaque ball, almost like the moon, but it wasn't just above the tree line. No streetlights were there to drive towards. As we did, it moved up and away from us. After coming to the end of the road, we got out to listen for any noise. There wasn't any. So we hopped back in the truck and went back the same way we drove. The flying objects started coming back towards us as if they were observing. I got scared. Just as I lost sight of it going over the top of the truck, I looked out the side window to see it leave across the sky at warp speed and disappear into the universe. I saw blinking colored lights as it shot across the sky. Whatever it was, it was able to travel up and down and side to side, unlike any airplane or weather balloon. It was definitely very strange. I'll never forget it. This is the Scream Kings podcast. I'm Nathaniel Darkish. And this is Max George. In the end, what you believe is yours to decide. Please be advised that some of what you're about to hear on this podcast is extremely disturbing. As you can hear, we we clearly have some guests. Yeah, we have two awesome individuals who are co-workers of mine. Uh, we've got Shannon Hafford and Kiara Amato. Hey, I, what up? <laughs> <laughs> they are fangirls of the Scream Kings, if I can use that term here. It's very true. We have autographed pictures of Max and Nathaniel on our desks. Definitely. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> I've seen it. He forged my signature then. <laughs> Shannon and Kiara, we did want to kind of pass the mic over to you guys. Tell us a little bit about yourself, why you love horror, and your favorite scary movie, and the scariest movie you've ever seen. Um, I guess I can start. So I love horror because I think just the fact of waiting in silence and getting that adrenaline rush right when you experience that scary part of a movie is just such a fun feeling and I wouldn't say that I get scared very often but there are some movies that really get me um one of my favorites is The Conjuring because I do I do kind of believe in the the what's it called the exorcism type stuff I think that happens so Stuff that's more realistic is pretty scary to me. One of the other scariest movies that I've seen is As Above, So Below. And I think that's one of your favorites, Max, right? (laughs) It very much is. Yeah, that one's one's pretty spooky. There's a lot of... uh... A, a lot of jump scares out in that one. For me, I feel like I like horror and scary movies. um, Mostly because I feel like it's the closest I'll ever get to... (laughs) being in a survival situation you know i (laughs) 
I mean, I mentioned earlier before we were recording that I've booby trapped my house. So obviously I have adopted the be prepared motto for myself. Um, yeah. So I feel like watching scary movies kind of triggers that primal fight or flight emotion in me. And for me, I've always felt like it's kind of a fight. Because you're badass. <laughs> we can put it like that. <laughs> um, I'll accept that. But yeah, I've just kind of always felt like I do pretty well in a survival situation and probably I'll never be in a survival situation. So scary movies are as close as it gets. And especially alien movies. I mean, I feel like ever since I was a kid, it's kind of always been aliens that have gotten me. Uh, so my favorite scary movie, I don't even know if it necessarily counts in the genre, but I love Annihilation. Definitely. Definitely counts. Good, good. That one is my favorite, hands down. I paid so much money to see that three times in theaters. And <laughs> I read the book. Not as good, but... The later books are better. Yeah, I definitely want to read the other ones. But I I just love the idea of, even on Earth, exploring something that nobody else has seen. And obviously being terrified and maybe dying while doing it. Um, but definitely... The scariest movie I think I've ever seen. Uh, different than Shannon, who got um, applause for Max for her scariest movie. <laughs> the scariest movie I think I've seen is The Descent. And <laughs> I don't hate The Descent. <laughs> I just think there are better, scarier movies. <laughs> I just think that I would definitely get in that situation myself. And so that scares me. You would totally be the heroine of that movie, though. Like I don't know. Hands down. Hands down. But it doesn't matter in that movie, does it? You know? I, I feel like it's kind of realistic in the sense that it doesn't matter what kind of person you are and whether you're a protagonist, you know, you could die. All right. And you mentioned Kiara. Oh, I'm sorry. Nathaniel? I was going to ask about favorite books from both of them. Favorite books? Yes. This is my favorite Stephen King book and I don't know why I don't know if it's necessarily scary but I love needful things yeah go ahead Chan I was just gonna say I don't read a lot of scary books but I just remember growing up uh, do you guys remember those the like black and white books that had all the scary stories did you ever have those as a kid scary stories to tell in the dark yes yes I just remember reading those as a kid with all of my cousins and my siblings and uh it was just the funnest time we have the funnest memories just spooking ourselves out and trying to reenact those stories i'm pretty sure everyone was traumatized by those so true all right so we brought you guys onto this podcast primarily to talk about something that kiara brought up which is aliens. Bear, 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 and I love bear, aliens. Bear. I, I'm a lot like you, Kiara. I've always had kind of a weird fascination with them. Um, so I'm really excited for this um, episode of the podcast. We've got a lot planned. We're going to talk about a terrible movie called The Fourth Kind. But the, the bigger piece of this podcast is we want to have a great debate and talk about do aliens exist? If they do, what are they doing? Have they abducted people? Do they probe? All sorts of fun things. They definitely probe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we will get into that after we talk about this movie. (laughs) 
that voice is speaking Sumerian, the oldest language in human history. You can go into any Sumerian exhibit and see etchings and sculptures of men in space suits and oxygen masks, rockets that look like Apollo. Do you believe in abduction theories? You don't mean alien abductions, do you? All right, Nathaniel, do you want to just vomit all over this movie and I'll follow suit? Well, I want to hear from our guests first. That way it's not just our opinions of movies over and over again. Whatever, that's why people are here. Yeah. But I still want to hear from them first. Kiara, what did you think? So (laughs) I feel like my biggest issue with the fourth kind was um, the lady who played the real, in quotes, Abby, Um, just because her eyes gave me major shining flashbacks. Um, (laughs) And I don't know if I should... I don't know. Should I spoil this at the beginning? Oh, yeah. We're all about spoilers. Okay. So, I mean, since the footage isn't real, they hired that actress knowing that her eyeballs were going to look like that. (laughs) I mean, they were fairly creepy. Um, Yeah. So that was my primary focus with the movie. But I think that the coolest thing about it, honestly, was the real footage. I feel like even if they just made a movie that was cut to cut to cut of like a real documentary where they hadn't had actors acted out. I think that that would have been really creepy. Maxi talked about the scene earlier um, where the, the the cops stand off outside the house. Yeah, and I thought like that was a really intense part. And for me, probably the most scary part of the entire movie. But like you mentioned, all of that footage and the whole story and kind of scenario has been fabricated. And so once I kind of figured that out, they took this really brutal video footage and completely used it and twisted it in a different way, which kind of felt disrespectful to me. Like, Well, I mean, it was fake. Yeah. I, I, I guess, I, I don't know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Well, now I feel like a fool. I thought the video footage was actually real. No. No, not at all. Oh, crap. Now I look like an idiot. That's what I thought, Max. Don't worry. You're not You're not in this alone. Thank I'll you, stand Shannon. with you. <laughs> well, let me talk about that. This is, I mean, it, it, it's all a, a, a movie. This was all filmed by the same people who are filming the quote-unquote reenactments. Yeah, and, and it's not based on any true stories or anything like that. It's all 100% whole cloth. They wanted the audience to believe that it was tr- uh, real, at least, you know, that, that, you know, there's real footage in it and stuff like that. That was their viral marketing campaign. And um, they even went as far as to make a website that was full of, like, news articles that are from real newspapers, but they're fake articles. And they actually got sued by those <laughs> those real articles. Good grief. And I guess I was under the impression that, like, obviously the story itself was fabricated. Um, Bug-eyed, hasn't taken a shower girl, uh, <laughs> quote-unquote real Abby, was fabricated. But the, like, police video footage and stuff like that, I guess for some reason I was under the impression that was real. Nope. Well, that makes me hate it even more. I'm changing my crowns right. as we speak. <laughs> And the, yeah, scares, so, and the scares. And the scares. They fooled us. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's and that's what they were going for. Or you know, or they wanted you to have that level of uh, suspension of disbelief. But I feel like the way it was presented, you know, where it's, it's having, quote, you know, real footage. 
and then having reenactments and all of that. I don't, it, it kicked me out of the story so much because I was like, why are they switching back and forth so much? Especially like when they would have a scene where, you know, it was the reenactment actors and then it would have the voice of the real Abby or whatever. And, you know, on the tape, it, it just it, it was too many levels of like weird meta storytelling that just didn't work. It felt very sticky, like they were yes. trying to be edgy and different and cool to a point where they were forcing it down your throat and it was just really hard to watch at some points. Well, I, I feel like they were trying to make a movie that, that was like mirroring the reality shows about you know people who have been abducted by aliens or things like that. And then, you know, alternating between that and, you know, reenactment footage and stuff like that. But they did it like in reverse and it just at least for me, did not work at all. How about for you, Shannon? What were your thoughts and opinions on it? Well, if I'm being honest, and maybe it's just because I'm more gullible or whatever, but um, I went into it <laughs> thinking that the videos were real. And I thought, you know, and obviously if the videos were real, that would be a pretty cool story. But I thought it was it was pretty good. I mean... As much as I love aliens, I thought it seeing this live footage and, you know, if all that alien people, all that we want to um, prove that aliens exist is this footage. So if you throw footage that you tell people is real, people who are really obsessed with aliens, they're going to kind of jump on it, you know? Kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Yeah. But another issue that I had, and we'll probably get to it, further down but I was confused too with this movie it kind of seemed a little exorcism is I don't know if that's a word but you know the the live footage that they showed and the guy jumping out of the bed kind of hovering and that kind of confused me because I was like is this aliens or are these yeah it wasn't demons? traditional and then it kind of gets into yeah, the talking and that ancient language and it was kind of confusing to me because it wasn't truly alien-ish and I was confused whether it was you know demons or aliens that were affecting these people in this story Sumerian language and them saying that they're god and all this like almost demonic voice language going on in the the recordings it was it made no sense yeah, that's that what's that's what threw me off the most. I followed it in terms of the plot. I mean, I think what they're you know really going for is that they are you know using all these you know techniques or whatever they're you know maybe levitating them to the air with their technology or you know that that they came previously when language was when when the Sumerian language was actually on the earth and they you know maybe brought the people there or you know like they're the reason that that humans are on the earth like that was the vibe i was getting from like all of that stuff and and that's not necessarily not compatible with a lot of alien stories but it just spent so much time with like the tropes of a of yeah like an exorcism movie rather than an alien movie that it, it made it feel unfamiliar and there's a ton of ancient alien mythos out there. You know, the Sumerian mythology does have a lot of that incorporated yeah. into it. And it's a fascinating topic. But the way it was handled in this movie just felt bizarre and disjointed for me. It was like somebody who doesn't believe in aliens and doesn't like aliens 
made a movie about aliens. Touche, touche. For me, an- another thing that didn't work as well was was the fact that it was really kind of boring for large sections of it, in, in that it, it didn't show us information. It just had the main characters sitting around in a room talking about stuff. Yeah. I could take a certain measure of that, but it, it just went on and on and on. You know, there would be 30-minute sections where nothing was happening, happening, and they would just sit around talking. I wasn't being shown anything, which is, I mean, this is a very visual medium. And so I kind of didn't care when something scary happened because I was already kind of half asleep. And we have the human equivalent of, or the female equivalent of Nicolas Cage, the lovely Mia <laughs> Jovovich, or however you say her last name. Ugh. She is the worst. Her eyeballs are a normal size. <laughs> uh, I think the other actress is much better at acting. Well, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. At least Mila <laughs> took a shower, though. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that. Well, I, I kind of agree with you, Nathaniel, with being bored and not caring by the end. Because, you know, at the end, it's revealed that this whole time she thought that her husband was stabbed in the chest. And it's revealed that it's just a coping mechanism and he actually killed himself. And by the end, I kind of felt like that was just like a, a cheap, like adding another layer of, oh, do you even believe this? Because obviously she's maybe a little bit mentally compromised. Shannon, did you think there were any truly scary parts to the movie? I think since I went into it with uh, thinking that those video footage, that video footage was actually real, I think that was um, kind of scary to me when they would actually play those real parts. Um, But if I'm being honest, I... I usually don't have nightmares after watching scary movies, but I had a dream that night after I watched it that I was abducted by aliens, and it freaked me out. I think I woke up crying. It got under your skin. Did you see any owls? I think, though, that's the biggest fault with this movie, is once you find out that it's a whole fabrication, all of the scares and all of the intensity yeah. just dissolves immediately. Yeah. I just feel like I'm... I was lied to, you know, I should have been smarter and not believe that it was real in the first place, but I wanted to believe. Well, and they wanted you to. They got us. Or they got me. They got me dirty. (laughs) Well, they got me too. (laughs) Well, I think kind of what that really points to is that this should have been done just as a straight up found footage film. Agreed. Yeah, maybe gone with the kind of Blair Witch style marketing of like, oh no, this is all real. Like, like they did back then and just kind of like let it be what it is i think that would have been more effective yeah i, I would have actually probably liked the movie that way i really really love alien movies and found footage area 51 and i believe it's the second vhs movie are both found footage that incorporate alien aspects and i think it's so well done because all of the ufo stories you hear are all found footage and so the two mediums, I think, blend really well together. And this weird hybrid of cinematography, and uh, I don't know, I, I was not impressed. So should we go into our screams and our crowns? Yes. So screams, now that I know all of it is fabricated, <laughs> I originally had it as a four because, again, I thought those kind of, you know, police videos or whatever you want to call them were pretty intense. You know, the guy shooting his wife was horrifying if that was real um but now that it's all fabricated i'm giving it a two and as far as crown goes it was a pretty bad movie i probably will not ever watch it again i had to rewatch it for the sake of this episode and it was painful 
Um, so yeah, a two on the crowns as well. For me, slash uh, it. So with screams, I gave it one. I think it w- would have been higher if I hadn't been bored before the scary scenes. So yeah, whatever. Mila warned you right off the bat that there was going to be some intense <laughs> scares. Well, she lied to me. <laughs> and crowns. Zero. I really, really, really hate this movie. Uh, I think that's the first zero we've ever given on the podcast. Well, if we cover other certain movies, it won't be the last. Shannon, what were your crowns and screams? Um, I, you guys, I know we've talked a lot about it, but if I'm being completely honest, when I first watched it, I kind of enjoyed it. So I'll, I'll lower my screams to a four now that I know the truth. Um, and just because I had that nightmare afterwards, I, I think it kind of had an effect on me. Um, crowns, I'll, I'll give it a three. I thought it was entertaining personally for myself. So, And you know, the first time I watched it, I agree. Like, yeah. If you don't know any of the background behind the fabrication, I think it kind of does a good job. Yeah. But again, once you find out about things, it just all falls apart. It's all a lie. Kiara? Well, I am a big believer in coincidences and what those mean. And I think that the thing about the fourth kind that scared me the most was at the very end when those calls came on, the very first one was from Salt Lake City, which was where I was watching the movie. so that might have been the scariest part for me but i've also had strange encounters with owls up in idaho and so in general i feel like there were creepy parts that definitely put me on end edge gave me the chills so i would give it a four for screams because i was entertained and probably a two for crowns just kind of for the same reason, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. All right. So I think that's our most universally negative numbers there. I know. I feel kind of odd that we've just trashed this movie. We, <laughs> we have never done this really before. Oh, no. <laughs> I just think that this is a good exercise in what you don't do. Yeah, that's valid. Should we just briefly touch on movies that we may recommend high, more highly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of good alien movies out there if people need them. Close Encounters of the Third Kind is one of the best movies ever made. So good. You guys, I've never seen that movie. Shannon, make better life choices. I call myself a believer in aliens. Um, And if anyone has the opportunity to actually go to Devil's Tower, where a large portion of Close Encounters is based on, it's insane. Like, the vibes there are super spooky, very extraterrestrially which is a scientific term i just invented (laughs) yeah i i would say that close encounters is steven spielberg's best movie and i know that's a bold claim that is bold i definitely agree um dark skies is one of my favorite modern alien movies Um, i also enjoy it a great deal it's not perfect there's some plot holes acting's not the best in some aspects but the alien kind of the idea of the alien abduction that's going on in that movie is very well developed and it's really difficult to pinpoint if it is demonic possession or if it is alien interference, but they do it the right way, I think. 
I really enjoyed that yes. one too. I was going to say, don't mix up that one with Darkening Skies with Ryder Strong because that's also an alien movie, but it is not good. <laughs> good to know. We have Fire in the Sky listed. I don't think I've seen this, Nathaniel. Do you want to give us a brief expose on this one? Uh, yeah, so the gist of it is a bunch of, I think they're loggers, are out doing their job one day and then one of them gets abducted by aliens. Um, and this is actually based on a true story. And it's pretty creepy. Really good. I like it a lot. Um, Area 51 I mentioned a little bit earlier. It's not the most... Uh, it's not the best movie that's ever been created. Budget's fairly low. Um, but it dives into a lot of the mythos about Area 51. It's found footage. And I think the alien kind of plot is handled very, very well. Um, another one of my favorites that not a lot of people have seen is called Honeymoon. It's on Netflix. It has the actress who plays Ygritte in Game of Thrones, and it's phenomenal. It's very, very twisted and really kind of gets under your skin and very creepy, especially for anyone who's married. Um, we also have The Signal listed. I recently watched this one. I thought it was very interesting and different than some of the alien movies that I've seen before. I'm not sure how I felt about the ending, but... It's pretty much it starts off with, without spoiling anything, these college students, they are, they're basically, they work in IT or they're from MIT and uh, they get hacked by some user that they, they're trying to track down because this hacker basically ruined their lives and got them in trouble for some stuff that they didn't do. So they're going, they're following the signal to find this hacker and it basically takes them to an abandoned building in the middle of nowhere. And then after that, something happens and they're just in this, they wake up in this hospital environment and they're just trying to figure out what happens. But it's really good. You guys should check it out. For sure. Yeah, that does sound good. We also have signs listed. Classic. I, I love the signs. I love you know this that. one the classic found footage film where the alien walks by the alleyway terrified me as a kid. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty yeah. sure this movie made me cry. It's behind. <laughs> I really like the first half of that movie. Do we have any others? Mars Attacks. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Killer clowns from outer the space. The best of them all. Uh, I think that pretty well covers it. All right, then. No more, I don't know, no more joking around. Let's talk about aliens get into it so let's begin the great extraterrestrial debate of 2019 q x files theme song <laughs> we definitely have to have the x files song <laughs> i don't know if i can pull that off i know uh, copyright we can all just harmonize singing all right, right so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Shannon and I were beatboxing. We can do that again. <laughs> we were scatting. <laughs> All right. So this whole idea for this episode came up when I was at work one day, and I can't even remember how it got started, Shannon, but we started talking about aliens, and you, for the most part, are pretty reserved, pretty down-to-earth when you interact with people. But the minute we started talking about aliens, you exploded into this new personality that I've never seen before. You bet so I did. I want to turn the mic over to you. Like, give us your beliefs on aliens. 
what you think the situation is and some of the evidence that you've kind of gathered. Okay. Um, so obviously we live in a huge universe, tons of solar systems. Everyone knows that. Science has explained that and solidified that. How could we be the only ones living in this tiny world, you know? Um, I mean, huge world, sorry. <laughs> um, so I am a big believer. I think partially it started from uh, when I was younger, the the, pre the prelude that you heard, the story of the alien UFO encounter, that was my aunt. And she told me that story. And she's a very, she's not like a, crazy partier ever did drugs anything like that she's a very honest believable person and uh, that just really intrigued me as I was younger and I asked her today to recap the story for me uh, since you know I heard it when I was younger and I wasn't sure if I was remembering it correctly but as I heard her story and remembered it I when I listen to other people's experiences about alien encounters or UFO sightings, it kind of relates to uh, what she said with the colored lights kind of lingering in the air after the, the alien leaves or the UFO leaves. And I don't know, you guys, I can talk for hours about this, but um, I just... I think it's obvious that we can't be the only creatures in this entire universe and solar systems and everything. But Go into a little bit about the unacknowledged documentary that is on Netflix. I know that kind of sparked a lot of your belief in some regards. Yeah, and, and again, I'm, I understand that I'm gullible in some aspects. Uh, if someone presents a very appealing argument, I will, I might believe them, depending on what it is, but uh, you just watched this recently too, Max, and I watched it a, a little while ago, so I might need you to refresh my memory, but this documentary on Netflix, it basically talks about how these government, uh, this, this idea of aliens and UFOs is a huge government secret. It's it's more classified than, you know, nuclear missiles and all that type of stuff. And it basically talks about how the government planted people in these different news stations um, to kind of debunk people from believing in aliens. And it pulled files of people like government files uh, saying kind of classified alien stuff and um, what else it, it just it talked about you know the secret is even this government secret about aliens is even uh, it's so secretive that some presidents don't even know about it and I doubt they told yeah, and I think the big like just to kind of follow up with that. I think the big push in the, the documentary is that 
there's so much overwhelming evidence that proves aliens exist and have visited Earth, but nobody has access to that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I I think it's it's interesting, too, that... I mean, I think one of the main reasons if I would ever want to be president would be to know if <laughs> this Area 51 exists and if aliens exist. But then after watching this documentary, it's like, maybe they wouldn't even tell me if I was president, you know, because it talks about presidents are short-term employees, so they only give knowledge to, you know, longer-term employees. So, I don't know. I'm guessing if presidents, if all the presidents knew and if President Trump knew about aliens, he would have already spilled the secrets and they probably knew that so they didn't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> he would have tweeted it about 400 times. Exactly. Now. Within five minutes of finding out. <laughs> and I mean, if I'm being honest, I would have appreciated that. Same. <laughs> Kiara, how about you? What is like... What is your foundation in aliens or why do you believe in them? I think a lot of it came from my dad, honestly. My mom worked when I was a kid and my dad stayed home with me and he would make me watch the X-Files. And he's definitely a believer. Um, but I kind of fell off the alien train for a little while there until I went to college up in Idaho. And my favorite thing to do was just drive out into the wilderness where it's pitch black no light pollution, nobody else is out there except for college students making out. Um, and At BYU, Idaho? <laughs> oh, yeah. that? oh, yes. Oh, yes. No making Pretty out sure. In their and full <laughs> pants because they can never wear shorts. I, I think it was more passionate hand-holding than anything. <laughs> it could have been. You know, the windows were never that steamed, so... <laughs> They probably just had Sorry. sweaty hands. <laughs> but yeah, I I actually had a lot of weird experiences out there that I can't explain. I mean, there could be other explanations, but I saw things. I felt things. I don't know. I guess and I had people there to corroborate the story too. Um Are there any that you want to share? Yeah, I'll share the creepiest one, but you might not believe it. <laughs> no, go for it. So That's why we're here. When I was a kid, my dad had that book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, which they just barely made into a movie. And Max informed me, Nathaniel, that you kind of live around there. My parents do. Okay, yeah. So, so you're familiar with it. And he always had that book, and I never read it. I just saw it on the shelf, and it freaked me out. Never touched it. So I used to work at a pizza place, and one night I was closing, and in at BYU, Idaho, <laughs> another thing to make fun of it for, but there's a curfew of midnight, ah. and <laughs> so if you were out <laughs> after midnight, you were alone. So it was the middle of the night, it was late spring, I think, and I was leaving work, and I saw basically what looked like the full moon, like a full harvest moon. But it was in the west, which is weird. And it was pretty low to the horizon. And I've always loved the moon. And so the person that I closed with at work, um, I convinced them to come with me to go 
drive a little bit out of town and so we could have a better view of this massive harvest moon in spring early enough in the night that it shouldn't be on the western horizon so shannon probably she went to school there too but if you drive west maybe like a block or two past main street it's just nothing it's just open highway there's nothing blocking your view because the tetons are the other direction and as soon as we started driving this huge moon was gone and it was kind of just one of those things where we just kept driving and we just kept thinking that maybe around the next bend or around the next little copse of trees like the moon would reappear and when we drove back to town the moon was just tiny and white and closer to the east and we thought that was super creepy but Recently, last spring, so probably like four years after that happened, I read that book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, and in it, he describes seeing a giant orange circle in the sky, and basically his description was that it was a two-dimensional portal type thing, or maybe it was like a fourth-dimensional object coming into our three-dimensional worlds, and the way that he described it was literally exactly what I saw in Idaho. And then I had creepy sleep paralysis ex episodes after that. So yeah, sleep paralysis is the worst. We need to do an episode on that. We will very soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ew, that's creepy. I think it's cool when you hear stories that relate to other people's experiences. That just makes it more real to me that aliens could exist you know yeah like i the person who wrote that book didn't convince everybody but for some random girl who picked it up and read that it mm -hmm. kind of freaked me out and solidified my belief and nathaniel we've talked a little bit about skinwalker ranch very early in on the podcast do you maybe want to kind of give a very brief synopsis or maybe kind of go over your uncle's story again yeah so if, if you want more details listen to episode two uh which is about alien and skinwalker ranch and color out of space basically the gist is that my uncle uh, was the LDS bishop of the people who owned Skinwalker Ranch. And so he saw a lot of the orbs. He saw some of the weird wolves there. All sorts of weird, creepy stuff. <laughs> and I believe him 100%. A lot of the stuff that's talked about in that book that you referenced, The Hunt for the Skinwalker. Yeah. So for me, I have a little bit more trouble believing in aliens. And we can maybe kind of hash that out in a bit. And maybe Kiara and Shannon, do you guys believe in this whole fourth kind abduction definitely <laughs> okay so go into that like like why would aliens need to abduct humans like okay so i have a few theories and <laughs> <laughs> i'll just go over maybe like one or two briefly but if you think about it if we don't have um ftl capabilities which is faster than light in alien community lingo that means that we're pretty much kind of a okay <laughs> the fact that you speak alien community no. lingo so impressed. is amazing <laughs> or just sci-fi lingo let's be real yeah yeah that's true Ansible technology you yeah need to add that to every every application for any job you have here right now. <laughs> Well I speak alien lingo. Apology. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. That's me. I'm not applying for the right jobs then, apparently. 
<laughs> but basically, if there are other races out there that do have that kind of technology, we must appear very, very basic to them. And I'm, I'm assuming that if humanity came upon another race, our first inclination wouldn't be to go in guns blazing like most movies show. I feel like we would do the same thing. We would observe and maybe on some level we would assume the people or the creatures on other planets are on the same like intelligence level as animals. And if you think about it, like we do weird stuff to animals all the time. That's basically what aliens do to us, like stray cats on the street. People just pick them up and take them to go get neutered. Can you imagine that? That's like getting probed. And then they just get set back down on the street where they left and they're having those same kind of strange feelings and emotions and they're like missing parts. So I think that I just kind of imagine aliens thinking of us as these kind of stupid animals. We haven't figured things out and we shouldn't mind if they <laughs> experiment on us. And if you think about it, I mean, the secret to how we work, really, you can get that from, you know, our life cells, like eggs and things like that. So it makes sense that aliens would take those for study purposes. Just wanted to ask Shannon, like, do you agree with this? I think she, she brings up pretty much everything that I was going to say. I think of it as kind of like what she said, if we were, if we had the technology to go to these other planets, and obviously we don't, but if aliens are real, they have the technology to get to us, so they must think that, you know, we're not as intelligent. And I think if we were able to reach other planets, we would abduct, you know, the, whatever creatures and try to study them in a way, too. So it makes sense to me why they would abduct people here. We're just basically cats getting neutered. Exactly. Oh, great. <laughs> that makes me feel good. Um, so I kind of want to push back a little bit. Yes. I'm a, a science guy, as you all know, unfortunately. Science? Ooh. Um, I used to be fairly religious in the religious demographic here in Utah. It, it's very pro-extraterrestrial, actually, which is kind of cool. But I am no longer affiliated with any religious group. And, and for me, I want to believe in aliens, but I feel like there's a lot of holes in the evidence. And to kind of get me started, I wanted to talk about conspiracy theories in general. You know, okay. why, why do people love conspiracy theories and why do we love talking about things that the evidence is not fully concrete? You know, Kiara Shannon and I were talking about this a little bit earlier and, and Kiara brought up a great point. You know, humans, we love to embellish. We love to make up stories. We like to, to kind of add a little bit of spice to life. And so I think conspiracy theories play that part in our life, especially in the modern age where science really has proven a lot of these mysteries that have existed throughout history. It's hard for me to get behind them. You know, there's a lot of stories out there that have no hard empirical evidence, but but they do at the same time. You know, take the moon landing, for example, and I know Kiara, we differ on this, <laughs> <laughs> but Surprise. there's hard empirical evidence from NASA that states that we did land on the moon, or even vaccines. Like, the anti-vax movement is ginormous out there. And you can consider those both conspiracy theories in some aspects. True. And it's frustrating for me to see all of the evidence and then have people debate so vigorously these theories that don't have 
that empirical evidence backing them up. And so sometimes I feel like humans and society, we like the mystery more than we like the actual events that have happened. And it, it kind of gives us hope that there's more out there and distracts us from, from reality in some ways. Definitely. I actually uh, read an article in preparing for this about how uh, when they kind of declassified some of those military videos last year, instead of being freaked out, pretty much everybody was like, yeah, maybe the aliens will save us from global warming and stuff like that. So I feel like people do kind of like that escapist fantasy, even when presented with evidence, I feel like you know, the, the exciting explanation is the one that people want to believe in just because it kind of gives them, you know, something to talk about, something to think about late at night. And for me, and I, I understand that all three of you are fairly religious, but I feel like the alien phenomena is kind of like how I interpret God. Like, there's a lot of evidence out there that you can either believe in or not believe in, and it's kind of up to your subjective opinion. And you make that internal decision, even though you can't see anything. And, and Kiara and Nathaniel, you guys have kind of personal experiences. Shannon, you have your familial experience. But it's all a matter of this kind of weird faith, if you can call it that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just going crazy. And I guess the biggest problem for me with aliens is kind of twofold. I believe in evolution. I believe in Darwinian evolution. And there's a paradox out there, or a theory uh, called the Fermi paradox. And it kind of goes into this idea that there are billions upon billions of stars in the galaxy that have to be similar to our sun. And with that high probability, there has to be some of these stars that have Earth-like planets that may have become adaptable for life and and so therefore life exists out there. But that doesn't mean that those civilizations have become advanced enough or that for some reason they've developed physics bending technology that they can travel at the speed of light. You know, in my world frame, physics are physics and sometimes those laws can't be broken. And so how do you kind of counter that internally and it, it all comes down to for me what's called a silent argument which is basically i believe in something not because i have proof but because there's no proof against my belief okay and so it, it, it kind of falls apart in my mind a little bit sorry i felt like that was a lot of word vomit i hope our listeners are still out there all right so i guess let me get into kind of how i feel about the whole thing so i'm going to kind of restate a few things that we've sort of touched on because i'm about 50 50 on on this whole alien thing so i do believe that there is extraterrestrial life and i definitely acknowledge that there are a lot of unexplained phenomena that people have experienced that are really difficult to explain that said i feel like a lot of those things can be dismissed just looking at basic stuff you know that that people lie that people get confused or, you know, that they're drunk or mentally ill or all sorts of different, you know, plausible explanations. Sometimes people are just dumb. And, I mean, there's also, you know, external motivations such as greed or uh, desire for fame or things like that, that that can also factor into stories that are told. So, I, I mean, I did reference, though, that 
you know, I, I have a very strong belief that, you know, for example, some of the uh, interesting phenomena around Skinwalker Ranch, because I have a personal connection there, and, you know, my uncle has no reason to lie to me. I also do believe that there is extraterrestrial life out there in the universe, partially from a religious perspective. You know, as we've mentioned before on the podcast, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and there's a strong belief in there being creations, you know, throughout the universe that that would be, you know, intelligent life. But my belief is that it would be very similar to what we have on Earth. So I don't think that things like the the gray aliens or things like that really hold much uh, in terms of plausibility uh, to my personal belief system. So kind of going into some more of my skepticism, I feel like there would be a lot more evidence for a lot of the kind of staples of ufology, such as as the grays or like the Roswell or incident or probing or crop circles and cattle mutilation. You know, these are all things that we have some documentation of, but a lot of it is very sketchy. I think that the president probably would be aware of a lot of the stuff, even unfortunate presidents like Trump. Uh, so I think that, yeah, we would know via Twitter by now if, if, it, if, if <laughs> something like the Roswell incident actually really occurred as people uh, posit it. Uh, there's also a lot of stuff that's uh, pretty debunkable. Um, for example, you know, there's been many, many instances of people being caught making crop circles, that kind of thing. I feel like a, a lot of stories would have more mainstream media coverage if they actually had any yeah empirical evidence. A lot of it is hearsay and yeah ends up being published in something like the Weekly World News as opposed to anything that's trustworthy at all. What about last, I guess it was December of 2017, when they basically came out in like the New York Times and then declassified all those videos and confirmed the existence of the advanced aerospace threat identification program. Like those videos are crazy. And that is something that was declassified by, you know, the people we're supposed to trust. Have you seen those? I've seen a little bit of it and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't really have a good explanation for quite frankly. I don't feel like even our military does. So I guess just like if, if there was something like the Roswell incident, then they would have a clear, clear explanation for that kind of thing. So the fact that a lot of times they're stumped leads me to, to believe that I, I guess it's, it's that I don't have enough uh, information to have a, a strong opinion one way or another on those kinds of things. Shannon and Kiara, let me pose this question. Do you guys believe in like the gray aliens, the little green men? Like, what does your alien look like to you? Um, I absolutely believe in the grays. I also am a member of the church and I, I don't, I don't have a full, you know, I'm still learning things every day about our religion, but from what I think I might know is that we are one of the few people, or one of our beliefs is that we're one of the few that have, are created in God's image. So that makes me to believe that there are other creatures out there that don't look like us. Not Like not every planet will look like us. And that's just what I believe. Um, so I think that kind of follows the theory of these gray creatures that could exist on these other planets and 
um, I'm a believer, you know, in the afterlife and in heaven, but um, I'm hoping that after we die, we can, you know, have a chance. Get some answers. Have a chance to meet God and ask him some questions about aliens. (laughs) I've got a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my questions will be about aliens. So, (laughs) Jesus, I have some questions. Exactly. Straight to the aliens. Just aliens. Get to the good stuff. Kiara, how about you? What do you feel? Well, I've thought about this a lot. And honestly, I feel like humans have evolved to be pretty capable. And so I imagine that if there are other alien races out there, they probably would have evolved somewhat similarly. (laughs) You know, like having opposable thumbs, being bipedal. Um, I think maybe aliens could have four arms because that would be pretty handy. Was that pun intended? That was definitely pun intended. Maybe eyes that can see more wavelengths than ours. But I do definitely think that our body composition and style of design is good for an intelligent species. I feel like we can do pretty much what we need to do. We can create tools. We can communicate. We can see we have good peripheral vision. So I I don't know if I necessarily believe specifically in grays because I feel like maybe they would wear clothes and spacesuits just so, you know, cover up that delicate flesh. <laughs> but but I, I know, knows, maybe, maybe, maybe the well. gray part is the spacesuit. Delicate flesh is, I think, a new term that we've never used in the podcast. We may need to, to hashtag that for this one. <laughs> delicate flesh. It also might get some unsavory results as well. <laughs> oh. Um, for me, like I, I wanna believe in kind of the gray and or the reptilian or little green man or whatever you think, but it, for me, again, not being religious, it comes down to that Darwinian idea of evolution that some genetic variants can be selected for and continue to prosper. And so in some worlds, if there is extraterrestrial life, maybe they walk on all fours or maybe they have a different head design, you know, stuff like that. Or maybe they're not carbon based at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that I have trouble with. At the end of the day, I think something really fascinating that I've, I've kind of discovered in this context is that even though you may have religious ideas or scientific ideas, really you create your own interpretation of the alien mythos. And I think that's one of the best things about aliens itself is that no matter what you believe in, everyone can kind of have a, a differing opinion on aliens regardless of your religion or your morals or or what you believe in the world yeah each person has their own framework for what that means yeah right i mean you and shannon both you know indicated that you're members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints but you have very different opinions about what they would look like and kind of mm-hmm. kind of their design and i i think that's really cool and it, it's a really unifying theme among alien what was the term, Kiara, you used? Uh, the alien <laughs> community. <laughs> alien community lingo. <laughs> you know, and I don't know. I, I think there's a high probability that extraterrestrial life has to exist. If it didn't and we were the only ones in the entire universe, that would seem like a huge waste of space. I personally think that they don't care about Earth or what we're doing here. They've got their own problems that they're probably dealing with. Yeah. And I also don't think that 
you know, the laws of physics and the laws of aerospace can just be bended at will. The technology to travel at the speed of light would destroy you physiologically without some sort of protection, you know. How small-minded. I I know, how dare I? (laughs) But, you know, and I say that almost tritely that they would need some sort of protection but you'd have to really dive into that protection and dissect it and i I don't know it just seems like a huge thought exercise to and granting so much space to these intelligent beings i don't know i'm gonna be a pooper this episode no but for me that's easier it's easier to believe that somebody out there has done that than to believe we're the only ones like that feels so unbelievably lonely to me that i can't even wrap my mind around the fact that space is cold and dead everywhere beyond our tiny little atmosphere and i i don't believe that we're we're alone i just feel like other intelligent life maybe lacks the technology to visit us yeah what makes them able to bend physics and us not you know i just don't think it's bending physics i think it's just having a more advanced understanding of it true and that's and that's possible i mean we have the hadron collider you know out in europe and maybe we're on that path and it's just hard for me to believe in something that i can't see and i haven't had any extraterrestrial experiences and (laughs) I don't know. Can I bring up? So basically, I have uh, I watched these interviews of this guy called Bob Lazar. I don't know if anybody's heard of him, but I 100% believe him. His he worked at this uh, sort of I guess it was Area 51 at a base called S4, and it was in Nevada. And every day he would go to the airport in Las Vegas. They'd fly him out to this location and he would um, get on a bus and they'd drive him to this other location. And basically, he was this guy who uh, they recruited from MIT. So he's a super smart dude. And his job was to reverse engineer this alien spacecraft that they had at this uh government facility and it sounds like it you know it's i was skeptical at first but there was just so many things to back up his story like you know they they call they made sure he actually worked at this place and he originally came out with this story because uh his his job was so secretive that he couldn't even tell his wife what he did so she began you know, getting skeptical of him and she ended up cheating on him. So he came out because he was kind of pissed at the government for not letting him explain what he does to his wife and his life was basically getting ruined. And at this time, his face was blurred. And in later interview, he decided to unblur his face because he uh, said he's been getting threats from people and if he ended up being killed he wanted people to see who he was and know that if he was killed it was the government that did it and basically he his first day on the job they gave him kind of this pamphlet he had to read through and there was pictures of uh, this alien spacecraft and there was kind of like these sketches of alien creatures 
And he was kind of like, all right, whatever. He didn't really believe it. Um, but then they actually took him to this area of the, like in a hangar area and showed him this spaceship. And he had the chance to walk around in it. And he said that's when it really hit him that this was real. And um, he said it was very eerie because in this spacecraft, it was just all gray, kind of metally substance. And there was just these little seats that were low to the ground for kind of like for these little people. And he thought that was really weird. And he... Um, so his job, he had to reverse engineer how to fly this alien spacecraft. And there would be, uh, every Wednesday night at this government facility, there was, uh, they would test the, they would have these flights of this spacecraft and kind of, you know, test it out. And it would do all these really weird maneuvers and the part that I thought was super interesting and believable was the fact that they had this on the spacecraft, there was this new element discovered. It was element 115. And basically he would describe this element as a particle accelerator, which makes sense if you're, you know, thinking of different stories you hear of these spacecrafts that maneuver right and left and up and down. Um, this element was kind of like a particle accelerator and it, when the spaceship kind of, you know, did these maneuvers, it left kind of a radiation, uh, like kind of in the air. And that kind of makes sense for other UFO encounters stories that other people have talked about where they got this radiation poisoning after being exposed to the UFOs. And it was rumored that this guy, Bob Lazar, actually took some of that uh, element 115 in order to um, kind of prove that he was telling the truth. And since then, he's been kind of quiet and he won't confirm whether or not he took it um, as you know, if, if he's telling the truth, that that would be a big no-no and he'd get in trouble. But um, I, if I, if anyone takes anything out of this, from what I'm super passionate about, I recommend you go watch his interviews on YouTube or whatever. His name's Bob Lazar and he's a very smart dude. And I don't think, you know, from all the interviews I've watched, I don't think that he's lying. So that's just my take from it. It's very interesting. And Shannon, I think that might be a good part to kind of wrap things up a little bit and kind of go into our conclusions and, and give our final reasoning if we do believe or if we don't believe. Kiara, let's have you start. Do you believe in aliens? Yes or no? If yes, <laughs> if yes, give us like a one sentence reason why. Of course I do. <laughs> a one sentence reason why. You know what? I believe in aliens because I want to have the opportunity to go to space one day. And this would probably be my best shot. All right. Shannon, yes or no? I absolutely 100% believe in aliens. There's no harm in not believing in them, of course. I think it's... It's always just kind of a fun thing 
you know, you see these lights in the sky and you're like, oh, maybe it's aliens and stuff. It's my goal in life to see a UFO. Um, so hopefully that'll happen. But also hopefully I don't get abducted or probed. So there's kind of like a bittersweetness to seeing a UFO. <laughs> but yeah, the aliens are true. I, I, I 100% believe in them. Nathaniel? I feel like aliens definitely are real, but I am very hesitant to believe in a lot of the things that are uh, purported by ufologists. I feel like if all the probing was happening, then they would be really bad at science because why are they just doing the same thing over and over again? If a lot of those things are true, then they're not studying us, they're just gaslighting us. I, I think ultimately my, my opinions are, are pretty well summed up by a, a quote from famously cantankerous, funny old man Sam Halpern, which is, no, aliens exist. I just don't think they came millions of light years to see Earth. It'd be like driving a thousand miles to go to an Arby's. I love that quote <laughs> so much. Max? I believe that there is extraterrestrial life. Is that a cop out? Yes. <laughs> I do. I honestly do believe in aliens. I don't think they're in any way, shape, or form little green men or anything like that. But I believe because science indicates that they have to exist. Well, it depends on which scientist you talk to. That's valid. <laughs> Carl Sagan famously said that either extraterrestrial life exists or it doesn't and uh those are both equally terrifying ideas very true amen very all right well thank you both for being on the podcast now your fame is immortalized in the radio waves aliens come and get me need even more scream kings here's our obligatory shameless social media plug follow us on twitter or instagram at scream kings pod you could also email us at screenkingspodcast at gmail.com. Help us reach a wider audience of horror fans by leaving a review on iTunes or by sharing a link on social media. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash screenkings. Stay spooky.